Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In the marshlands of central Florida, it's the Riley and Kimmy Show. A heavy, ominous stillness falls over the swamp. The Riley and Kimmy Show. It's Friday, Friday. I'm free again. I got my motor running for a wild weekend. It's Friday, Friday. I'm out of control. Forget the work and blues and let the good times Yes, it's the TGIF edition of the Riley and Kimmy Show, episode number 1,629. It is a Friday, June 1st. Yes, flip the calendar over. Yeah, it is. It's June 1st. If you're listening to the day, the show is uploaded. Kimmy, I got one name. Kimmy. She's right next to me. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi there. I'm your host, Patrick Riley. Riley, Riley, what a family. That's me, and welcome to this freaky flashback Friday. Being a flashback Friday and being a freaky kind of Friday, you have to have a freak in the studio, and I do. She's right next to me. And she's dancing in the studio, and it, we kind of got that, you know, dance thing going on. Got the disco light, and we have Kimmy, and she's got her, her clubbing outfit. It's a Freaky Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Now, admit, tell, tell me the truth. Did you ever dance to that song, that one right there? Th- that one, th- that I'm version. Not the, sure not the, I probably have. Not the MC Hammer sampled version thing, but right? you, that version. Uh-huh. Okay. Because you're a super freak. Uh-huh. And it's a flashback Friday. We guarantee we're going to go back in time on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show, like we always do. If somebody asks you what the Riley and Kimmy Show is about, it's not about just comic books. No, no, not at all. It's about pop culture. Now, that includes occasionally talking about comic books. Also, we talk about television. We talk about movies. Celebrities. And so much more, right? Yes. With a heavy emphasis on the days of yesteryear. That's right. Nostalgia. Memories. Retro. Whatever whatever you want to call it. That's that's what we're all about. It's about fun. Yeah, that's what the Riley and Kimmy show is about. Tell your friends you found something a little bit different. You can listen to every single day a brand new episode. You can find archived episodes on our website along with social media to stay linked with us. If you want to know where the Riley and Kimmy show will be next, or you want to communicate with us, it's very, very easy through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and more. Those links available on our website, along with celebrity interviews we've done, pop culture stories, all the list goes on, including 
Very easy ways to listen to us every single day. The platforms of iHeartRadio, iTunes, and also SoundCloud are available on our website. What's our web address? RileyandKimmy.com Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com I'm Patrick Riley. I'm Kimmy. We're the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. We're available for your next event in Florida. Please consider the Riley and Kimmy Show for your pop culture or nostalgia-based event. Art shows. Exhibitions. Festivals. Grand openings. Home and garden shows. Car shows. Collectible shows. Conventions. Animal and pet-related events. Let us promote your event with customized commercials and interviews. Live on-site promotions and podcasts. Please contact us on Facebook messenger all communications kept confidential pop culture escapism the riley and kimmy show the riley and kimmy show Shall we play again? That is a big question on this flashback freaky Friday. Does Kimmy want to go back in time? Challenge her brain cells with a thrilling game of pop culture trivia. What say you, Kimmy? Oh, yeah. Okay, I need to warn you. The timeline is adjusted a little bit, maybe in a lot of bits. Meaning it's not in chronological or linear order in all the places. If this is your first time listening to pop culture trivia, you can be a participant. That's right. You can help Kimmy out. She believes in time travel answers. You who are in her future, she is in your past. She believes you two can talk through a temporal, whatchamajigger, a timey-wimey kind of thing. So shout out answers or whisper them to whatever computing device you have the Riley and Kimmy show playing on right now. And it could be anything because we are mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. Very first question, Kimmy, is television related? We're looking for the year that something happened. We're giving you a plus or minus of five years. And identify what it is. It was on this date in history. This all-news TV network made its debut. It was the first all-news television network. What is its name? It, what, what's it called? CNN. This is CNN, a network of Turner Broadcasting System. What year? 1990. With a plus or minus of when we give you five? Sure. You missed it. Oh. 1980, that CNN came to be. It was on this date, Kimmy. Baseball helmets were worn for the very first time. What year within 10 years did baseball helmets come to be? When were they worn? 1960? 10 years with a plus or minus. Kimmy misses it. It was 19. 38 when baseball helmets were worn for the very first time. Oh. Did you have a baseball helmet? No. We have a question about what, Kimmy? What's our question about? What car- what comic strip? What cartoon? Uh, Peanuts. Yeah, that's right. We're going to talk about Peanuts here. Nope. Uh, yeah, well, kind of. Yeah, uh, he's part of the, the gang. What was that, that character again? Nopey. That's the way I used to pronounce it when I was, used when I was to? little. Used to? Well, when I was a little Kimmy, I, think used I to. used to say Nopey. Okay, well, the question we have is about one of the characters. It was on this date in history. We want the decade, Kimmy, this happened. 
was on this date in the Peanuts comic strip. This character, well, his security blanket made its debut. It was the first time the security blanket is part of this character. Identify the character, first of all. Linus. Yes, Linus and his security blanket. What decade? 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, or in the 1980s? 1950s? You're right, 1954. Impossible music trivia for you, except you have an advantage here. You are the dancer, Kimmy. And this song was part of a big dance craze in America back in the early 1960s. 1963, to be precise, this song hits number 17. We're going to... if. It's a miracle if you can tell us who recorded it, but if you can tell us the name of the dance, you've told us the name of the song. How's that? Okay. So here is your audio clue. Kimmy was actually clapping her hands in time to that. I actually feel like I'm in a Quentin Tarantino movie for some reason when that song's playing. I don't think he's ever used it, but I, I, I have a feeling he could. Mm-hmm. Kimmy, can you identify the dance that that song is, has as a title? I don't know. It was a popular dance called the Watusi. That is, oh, Watusi. And since you didn't know that, you won't know that Ray Barreto had that as a hit. Number oh. 17 hit, 1963, the El Watusi. See, now I'll give you something to talk about somebody who's older go, hey, um, did you ever do the uh, Watusi? <laughs> I'm serious. I, be- I wonder I, what that looks like. I'll the, have to Google that. No, Wat- Kim- Watusi. Well, here's what you do, Kimmy. You have a, a friend of yours. Where well, actually, that's true. You have two friends that are actually dance instructors. That's true. I mean, she actually has one, two, three friends who are dance instructors. Okay. One of them is in the Victorian horror world. I'm including yes. that one. And, okay. And you have the, the other two. Why don't you ask them about the... Watusi and come back with a report about the Watusi. Oh, okay. Or maybe, better yet, we could film you, video you doing the Watusi. Well, that depends. <laughs> okay, I thought that was a good idea. The year is 1967. Kimmy, this person's self-titled debut solo album was released. It was released in Britain. Identify who it is. Little me is waiting, standing through the night. When you walk out through your door, I'll wave my flag and shout. Ah, beautiful baby, my burning desire started on Sunday. Give me your heart and I'll love you till Tuesday. I doubt you've heard love you till Tuesday before, but that sound, you have to know who that is. Is that David Bowie? That is David Bowie from his self-titled debut solo album. It was released in... uh... It was released in the United Kingdom on this date, 1967. Staying in 1967, in Britain, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band was released by whom? The Beatles. That's right. It would be released the, let's see, the next day in the United States. They didn't release them both at the same time. You know, both locations. They Mm. waited a day. The year is 1968. This song hits number one on the top 40 charts. Tell me the title. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 
that is your clue. It was number one on this date, 1968. What is the name of the song? Mrs. Robinson. And here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. Jesus loves you more than you will know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And who had that as a hit? 1968. Simon and Garfunkel. Staying in 1968, staying in the world of music, Kimmy, you better not miss this one. Um, Tell us the name of this song. It was released on this date. Can you tell me the name of that hit? Jumpin' Jack Flash. Can you tell me who had that as a hit? The Rolling Stones. Now, help my memory here, Kimmy. It wasn't that long ago we saw the Rolling Stones play in Orlando, Florida. Can you tell me, did they play that song? I can't remember. I'm sure they did. Okay. I, I couldn't remember. It's one of their staples. I just didn't remember if they played I remember they did the vote thing on songs. Remember they had the... Um, you know, there was a couple songs, yeah, that they had people vote for, but I'm sure they did that uh, one. I, okay. All right. Moving just a few years in the timeline, the year is 1970. This song hits number one on the pop charts. Kimmy, tell me who the recording artist is. Everything is beautiful in its own way. Like a starry summer night or a snow-covered winter's day. Can you do it, Kimmy? Uh, Number one hit. Charlie Bri- Pride? No. Uh, I don't know. I'll give you an extra clue. Okay. I, I won't play a clue, but I'll, I'll tell you mm-hmm. something. The individual had another number one hit. It was The Streak a few years later. Oh. Same person. He also did Guitars in. I can't ever remember his name. Why? He used to be on television all the time with his commercials. I go, get the eight track. Well, you that's before your time. It is Ray Stevens, Kimmy. The year, well, we didn't flip it over anywhere. It's 1970. This band's self-titled first LP was released in the United States. See if you can identify this metal hard rock band, Kimmy. Impossible music trivia. <laughs> The Wizard, the second track on that debut album. Can you tell me the name of the band? Black Sabbath? That's right. How on earth? I was going to say Ozzy. That was going to be your extra clue. How, do you have that? I you figured j- that was like one of the first uh, heavy no, metal. No, Kimmy's actually jammed to that album. That's it, yeah. isn't it? No. Yeah, sure. No. Yeah, I bet that's what you listen to when you're going on I-4, right? When you're, no. when you're not listening to the O'Reilly and Kimmy show, you're listening to Black Sabbath driving on I-4 in Florida. No. The year is 1971. This TV show has its final episode on CBS. Here is the person, well, the show is named after, talking about something earlier. Tell me whose show got 
the axe or the last episode aired 1971. Well, actually, the network is putting on the celebration because there's going to be sort of a spread of CBS stars. In fact, I wrote them down because there's so many of them. In the field of comedy, we'll have Jackie Gleason and Art Carney reunited. Danny Thomas, Phil Silvers, Red Skelton, Alan King and Wayne and Schuster. Mm-hmm. We have Edward R. Murrow and Arthur Godfrey and Perry Mason and Gary Moore. Gail Storm, Spring Byington. Robert Young and his TV family, and they said to be sure and say hello to you. Dorothy Collins singing with Johnny Desmond. And Marshall Dillon and all the Western stars, and they're all going to perform. We don't think Kimmy can do it. I, I really don't think you can. Ed Sullivan? Oh, yes. Kimmy did that way before her time, but you, you know his speech pattern and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Year's 1973, this person has an album. It goes gold. The album is Living in the Material World. The year is 1973. Here is a single from that album that hits number one. Tell me who it is. Give me love, give me love, give me peace on earth. Give me light, give me life, keep me free from birth. Give me hope, help me cope. Who is it, Kimmy? George Harrison. You're right. The year's 19... Well, wow, look at this. We're staying in 1973. It's 1973, and this person releases this song. Well, this group releases this song. Tell me the hit. Can you tell me the hit's title? Live and Let Die. 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 Who had that as a hit? Wings. And what movie was it used in? What franchise? Um, James Bond. Yes, that's right. 007. Yeah, that's correct. You you got it right, Kimmy. Moving to 1974, this song hits number 12 on the pop charts. Impossible music trivia. If you can tell us who had this as a hit. My girl, Bill. My, my girl, Bill. Can't say no about the way I feel about my girl. Can you tell me who that is? I cannot. You do know the artist, I think, because he had this hit. I got silly and found the frog in the water by a hollow log and I shook it at her and I said, this frog's for you. <laughs> she said, I don't like spiders and snakes and that ain't what it takes to love me. Gimme, who is it? Oh... I can't think of his name. That's the only way we could help you. That's Jim Stafford, who had My Girl Bill. It hit number 12 on this date, 1974. The year is 1975. This group begins their first tour with a brand new guitarist. Tell me the name of the band. The new guitarist is Ron Wood. The Rolling Stones. You're right. The year is 1979. This single is released in Britain, but not released... Well, it's released as an A-side in Britain. You understand? I mean, it's like the, the hit to be. In the United States, it would be a B-side of something else. Please identify the recording group. Tell me the name of the band. 
Can you tell me who released that song, Kimmy? Wings? That's impossible. How did you do that? I know McCartney's voice. That's right. That's uh, That was released as a single in Britain. In the United States, it was the B-side to this single. Through Me is what they pushed in the United States as the A-side, and that was the B-side we asked as the trivia question. Wings, 1979. The year's 1985. This song peaks at number 12. Tell us who it is. Who has the number 12 hit? Just a gigolo, and everywhere I go, the people know the part I'm playing. for every dance, selling each romance. Who is it, Kimmy? David Lee Roth. That's right. Staying in 1985, this person releases his album, Dare to Be Stupid. Dare to Be Stupid. By the way, did you buy it? Do you have that in your collection? Mm -mm. Dare to Be Stupid. Well, Dare to Be Stupid sold well. Matter of fact, very well. Peaked at number 50 on the Billboard 200. Here is one of the singles from Dare to Be Stupid. Tell me who the recording artist is. Who is it, Kimmy? Weird Al. Yeah, that's right. And the big hit off that album, do you know what it was? Uh, no. The number 12 hit. How come you're always such a fuzzy young man? Don't want no Captain Crush, don't want no Raisin Bran. Well, don't you know that other kids are starving in Japan? So eat it. Just eat it. We played that at the... Uh, Dance hits top forty station. I was at. We did. We played that. We, we really did. That's 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 uh, Weird Al, nineteen eighty five. I I love Weird Al. Uh-huh. And you can see uh, Kimmy's picture with Weird Al, and I just happened to be there too, at a recent uh, Orlando appearance that he did. One of the nicest guys you could ever meet. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I like Weird Al. Mm-hmm. The year Kimmy nineteen eighty nine. This actress is granted a final divorce from Mike Tyson. Who is she? Uh, Robin Givens. You're right. Celebrity and notable birthdays. Famous people born on this date. He was born 1926. Kimmy, see if you can identify his voice. He's talking about one of the roles he is known for on television. Uh, Brandon Tartikoff saw me in a miniseries. I had a week. I played a lawyer in Fatal Vision. And Brandon Tartikoff saw something he liked. So he called Fred Silverman and said, see if you can get a lawyer. He's a non-writing producer. He's a business producer, salesman. And uh, so it finally uh, happened. The script came out, and uh, we shot it. Brandon picked it up, and it went on the air. His sales department tried to take it off the air because of demographics. Brandon liked it, and he kept it on the air. We stayed on NBC for six years. I don't know if Kimmy's ever seen the show he is talking about. Mm-mm. Do you know what the show is? No. Matlock? Oh, Matlock. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. do you know who it is? Andy Griffith. That, that's right, Kimmy. 
where would better call Saul be? Where would Saul right. Goodman be without Matlock? That's right. He wouldn't have been able to dress right, right? Yeah. That was his, his he mentor. He emulated him. Yes, <laughs> he sure did. And that's right. And in honor of Andy Griffith, you want to see something totally different, totally different than Andy Taylor, totally different than Matlock. Check him out in Face in the Crowd, the 1950s film with Patricia O'Neill and Walter Matthau in it. Fantastic, isn't it, Kimmy? Yes, it's a good one. Oh, he is powerful. And also, No Time for Sergeants with Nick Adams. That's where you'll see the roots of Gomer Pyle. Next person born on this date, Kimmy, 1926. Actress and singer. See if you can identify who it is. I want to be loved by you, just you. Nobody else but you. I want to be loved by you alone. I want to be kissed by you, just you, nobody else but you. Can you tell me who that is? Well, Ginger Grant performed that on Gilligan's Island. That is true. I, that's funny. I, I Yes, Ginger Grant did perform that on Gilligan's Island, but this person performed it in film. Do you know who it is? Is that Marilyn? Marilyn who? Monroe? You're right, Kimmy. Born in the state, 1926, died in 1962 at the age of 36. She was a top billing actress for only a decade. Her films, though, grossed $200 million in monies of that time period by the time of her death in 1962. Next person, actor born 1930, Kimmy. See if you can identify the TV show he is known for. This TV show was on from 1985 favorite tv themes of that time period of the 80s can you tell me the name of that tv show kimmy i can't that was the equalizer he oh. played robert mccall in the same character that denzel washington plays in the movie or actually i should say movies because they're doing equalizer too oh, yeah can you tell me who played robert mccall on the equalizer 1985 to 89 frank dorgan gave yvette marcel 48 hours to find the identity of Chrysalis. She's got 14 hours left. And yet you attempt to kill her. My question is, why? Who the hell are you? A cop? Very soon you may well wish that I was. Now I'm going to ask you one simple question. I'm not telling you nothing. But a terrible double negative. 
Well, now, you do have the right to remain silent, but I think I should warn you, if you exercise that right, I will kill you. You can't get away with this. Watch me. Now, I want to know who you are working for. And don't tell me it's Frank Dorgan. It would not be logical for Mr. Dorgan to kill that girl until he has found out who Chrysalis really is. Therefore, somebody else wants her dead. I want to know who. I want the name. You have five seconds to give me the name. Time's up. Throw him out of the window. Uh, yeah, that's how he handled things. That's Robert McCall, played by whom, Kimmy? I don't remember his Edward name. Woodward is the person who played that. Oh. And he also appeared on a TV show that you were fond of at the time. He he appeared on La Femme Nikita in the 2000s, as, or early, in the year 2000, as Mr. Jones... Nikita's dad, remember? Oh. Yeah, or yeah, or yeah. You remember that, don't you? Oh. It's towards when they're wrapping up the series Maybe. and stuff. Peter Wilson. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Singer, actor, born on this day, Kimmy. Tell me how old he is. Once you identify who it is, he has sold more than forty-five million records, had thirty-eight top forty hits, appeared in more than twelve Hollywood films. Tell me who the birthday person is. On a day. Like today, we pass the time away, writing love letters in the sand. He was the number two biggest selling artist of the 1950s behind Elvis, and it was a close race there for the 1950s. Can you tell me who that is? Um, Paul Anka? No, not Paul Anka. Kimmy, here's another clue. You better come. Speedy Gonzales Away from Tannery Road Stop all of your drinking With that pussy name flow Come on home to your adobe And slap some mud on the wall The roof is leaking like a strainer There's loads of roaches in the hall Speedy Gonzales I have to go shopping downtown for my mother. She needs some tortillas and chili peppers. Yes, Mel Blanc helped on the, the hit record. Can you tell me who sang Speedy Gonzalez? Uh, me? I don't know. Are you going to add that to your song list, your your, your <laughs> song book? Well, at, at one of our upcoming performances, are you going to sing that one? Uh, All right, give me no. one other clue who it is who's having a birthday. His daughter, many years later, had a big hit in the 1970s called You Light Up My Life. Pat Boone. That's correct. How old is he today within five years? Um, 88. 84 today. Next person, actor. He is ranked as the fifth highest box office star with $4.3 billion in total box office grosses, an average of $74.4 million per film. Here he is in a superhero crime-fighting film, Kimmy, that you have seen many times. Tell me who's having a birthday. Once you identify him, how old is he within five years? Let me get this straight. You think that your client, one of the wealthiest, most powerful men in the world, is secretly a vigilante who spends his nights beating criminals to a pulp with his bare hands? And your plan 
is to blackmail this person? Can you tell me who's having a birthday? Morgan Freeman. Yes, how old is he today within five years? Uh, 76. He is 81. Next person, tell me how old he is. It's Ron Wood, guitarist for the Rolling Stones. Five uh, year plus or minus. 72. He's 71 today. Next person, Kimmy, born 1949. He appeared in Sin City in 2005 and Sin City, a dame to kill for. Identify who played Senator Rourke. Power don't come from a badge or a gun. Power comes from a lie. Lying big and getting the whole damn world to play along with you. Once you got everybody agreeing with what they know and their hearts ain't true, you got them. This what, maybe 500 people in this hospital. I could pump you full of bullets right now and I wouldn't even be arrested. Everyone would lie for me. Everyone who counts. Otherwise, all their own lies, everything that runs in the city, it all comes tumbling down like a pack of cards. Born 1949, he did appear in the TV series 24 as the vice president. Who is it? Powers Booth. That's right. Passed away last year at the age of 68. Next individual, actress married to Clint Black. Kimmy, who is it? Lisa Hart. Lisa. Black. Hart something. Lisa Uh, Hart Black. Lisa Hartman. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, Lisa Hartman. Kimmy, how old is she today? Within five years. Um... 48. She's 62 today. Next birthday, a supermodel, Kimmy. At one time, married to the singer Seal from 2005 to 2014. Who is it? Oh, um... I I don't remember which model that was. Heidi? Heidi Klum. Yes, how old is she today? Within five years. Uh, 50. She's 45. Next person, singer, musician. Identify who it is. Kimmy, who's having a birthday today? If you can identify her, how old is she within five years today? Alanis Morissette. Yes. And how old is she today? Uh, 40. She's 44. I see dead people. Notable deaths, famous people, celebrities who died on this date in history. The year is 1868. At the age of 77, this person passes. Kimmy, tell me why he is on the famous list. His name. James Buchanan. He was a president. That's correct. 15th president of the United States from 1857 to 1861. Next person passed away in 1968, an American author and lecturer. She was the first deaf blind person to earn a B.A. She died at the age of 87 in 1968. The 1962 film, The Miracle Worker, is about her. Who is it? Helen Keller. You're right, Kimmy. The year is 2001. This American cartoonist dies at the age of 81. Kimmy, first identify the cartoon or comic strip, actually, he is known for. And bonus points if you can tell me his name. Here is your clue.
his creation went to television. Kimmy, can you tell me the name of the character? Dennis the Menace. That's correct. Bonus points if you can tell me the name of the person who actually created Dennis the Menace and passed away on this date. Hal Ketchum. What was that name again? Hal Ketchum. She gets half of it right. Judges, and they say give it to you. It's Hank Ketchum. Ah. One more question. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Do you want an easy question or a hard question? Easy. Okay, for a flashback Friday, we have an easy question for Kimmy. The final question here, Kimmy. Everything is on it right here. I mean, if you miss this one, you get a negative for the day. You you missed all the trivia. Okay. Person who passed away on this day, 2014, known for this TV show. First of all, identify the show. The Brady Bunch. That's right. Tell me who passed away 2014 at the age of 88. Mr. Brady, hmm? I was wondering if, if you're not busy tonight, if I might speak to you and Mrs. Brady. Sure. Anything wrong? Oh, no, just something I'd like to talk to you about. Sure. We'll, uh, we'll do it this evening. It's not that I have any complaints, you understand. Well, some of the happiest moments of my life have been spent right here in this house. Making pork chops and applesauce. Who is it? Anne... B. Davis. Yes, Kimmy, and she played what character? Alice. You're correct. She passed away on the state 2014 at the age of 88. The judges say you did a fantastic job on a flashback Friday. Woohoo! Awesome. Yes. Uh, I keep that enthusiasm because we're going to go back in time and focus on something we talked about with trivia with the golden age of radio. We mentioned just so moments ago that James Buchanan, 15th President of the United States, died at the age of 77 on this date in 1868. We have a fantastic Golden Age of Radio Biography. It's about James Buchanan. Actor Edward Arnold portrays James Buchanan. It's just a great old-time radio production, what I like to call ear candy. Here's our tribute to James Buchanan on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Now, Edward Arnold as Mr. President. Let's visit him in the White House. It's evening and only one window on the ground floor shows a light. The old mansion is resting quietly after a busy day. We enter and find ourselves in the president's study. Good evening. Sit down, won't you? I suppose everybody has trouble sometimes persuading the women folk in his family. I had it one time in the White House, and before it was settled, it grew into an international incident. Now, later on, I'll tell you which president this story happened to. But meanwhile, I think you may be able to guess. One evening, about 6.30, I was in my room standing before a mirror and getting ready to attend a large banquet that was being given for me at a hotel. Yes? May I come in, Uncle? Oh, certainly, Harriet. Uh, you can help me tie this tie. Why can't men have a tie dress tie? I always have to tie Edward. 
Turn around, please. Well, if we could tie dress ties, beautiful young ladies wouldn't do it for us. Don't look off. We're careful. Uncle, mm-hmm. have you noticed Edward? Of course, he's my favorite nephew and my favorite aide. What do you mean? You're not, you're not working him too hard, are you? Oh, I don't think I could if I tried. He's like you, Harriet. He has a slight tendency to overdo. Don't, <coughs> don't choke me. I'm Wait sorry. a moment. I think he has a slight tendency toward not looking well. Scares me, Uncle. There. Look at yourself in the mirror. Well, now, I couldn't have done it better myself. You know, Harriet, I'm glad we're having these few moments alone before the banquet. I've been wanting to talk to you. Nothing too solemn, I hope, Uncle. Oh, no, but now you're engaged to Henry Johnson. You mustn't keep him waiting much longer. Well, I waited for him, don't forget. Oh, that's true, too. Only don't punish him too hard, will you? We plan to be married in three weeks. Well, what would you say if after the dinner this evening I announced your engagement? Oh, wonderful. If if Henry doesn't mind and Edward... Oh, they'll like the idea, I'm sure. Uh, Harriet, I'm very anxious for you to be happy. I've tried to be a little more than an uncle to you and Edward. And the only way I can tell if I succeeded or not is if I... Oh, you've I... done wonderfully, Uncle. Yes? Harry, are you in there? Oh, yes, I am, Edward. But Henry's here with me. He wants to see you. Oh, come in, both of you. Come in. Oh, beg pardon, sir, but my future brother-in-law wants to see my sister. Don't you want to see me, Edward? Uh, husbands before brothers, even future husbands. Uh, here she is, Henry. Good evening, Mr. President. Good evening. Do you mind if I take Harriet away just for a few minutes before the banquet? Of course I mind, Mr. Johnson. But you go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Come along, Harriet. I see you downstairs, Uncle. Yes. Don't be late, Edwin. Don't worry. Oh, uh, Edwin. Yes, sir? Harriet's a little worried about your health. Isn't it all right? Harriet always worries about me like a mother hen, sir. I'm quite all right, sir. Good. Uh, would you hand me my coat, please? Oh, yes, let me help you, sir. Oh, thanks. Shall we go downstairs? I can see you're not very impressed with the dinner this evening, Henry. Oh, I'm very impressed. There'll be hundreds of people there, and I've never had dinner with you alone. You have years of being alone with me ahead of you. Right now, for instance. All right, then kiss me. You were a long time getting the idea, I must say. Why can't we have the wedding sooner? Oh, which which reminds me. Uncle wants to announce our engagement tonight after the dinner. It was announced a long time ago. In Baltimore, darling, and in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. This is Washington. Naturally, I'd be honored. Come on, kiss me again. Oh, of course, darling. You let so much time go by in between. Harriet, oh. is the president with you? Oh, I beg your pardon. Uh, Henry was only kissing me, Miss Sarah. This is my fiancé, Henry Johnston. Miss Sarah, Uncle Secretary. Uh, how do you do, Miss Sarah? How do you do, Mr. Johnston? A message has just come for the president. I wonder where... Are you looking for me, Miss Sarah? Oh, yes, Mr. President. A message for you from the State Department. Oh, thank you. Miss Sarah, I have the State Department ask the British ambassador to come to see me tomorrow morning. Well, is there any trouble, Mr. President? The British have sent a squadron of warships into the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> Well, well, this is a large banquet, isn't it? <laughs> Uncle, 
What are you going to tell the British ambassador tomorrow? I want to tell I want him to tell me something, Harriet. <laughs> exactly why they've sent ships into the Caribbean and the Gulf of Mexico. Well, it must be to stop and search our ships, sir. Well, I'm not going to let them frighten us into joining the international agreement. If that's what they're after. Well, sir, what what if we joined of our own free will? Oh, you're back to that, are you? Well, I think Edward's right, Uncle. Oh, you do? You'll never stop ships from carrying contraband goods all over the world unless every country lets every other country search their ships. Well, I didn't know any of that interested you, Harriet. Oh, it does very much. You know, Harriet, you used to tell me I was too solemn. Now you've changed. You've grown. What? Have I put on weight? Have I, Edward? <laughs> Not a pound, I'm sure. I mean, Harriet, you've grown from a harem-scarum girl into a beautiful woman. Oh, well, that's better. Never tell a girl she's grown without finishing the sentence. Uh, remember that, Winston Johnson. <laughs> yes, sir. Edward, aren't you hungry? Oh, I, I, I thought I was. I guess I'm not. Mr. President. Yes, Miss Aaron. May I speak to you away from the table, if you don't mind? Why, of course. Will you excuse me, Harriet? What is it, Miss Sarah? Several guests have complained of the food. Mrs. Thompson felt suddenly ill and her husband took her home. A number of others have complained, too. Oh, that's outrageous. You'd better get hold of the manager. Yes, of course. I only wanted to be sure. Uncle! Uncle! Mr. President! What is it? What is it? Edward, something's happened to him. He's terribly pale and he fainted. Before I could help him, he fell from his chair, Mr. President. Let me see. Uncle, I'm frightened. He looks so ill. Miss Sarah, have Dr. Mott come here at once. Mr. President. Good morning, Ralph. How are you feeling now, sir? Oh, pretty bad, Ralph. Oh, I didn't feel it until quite late last evening. How's Mr. Lane? Well, here's some of that tonic, Mr. President. Dr. Mott fixed it for you. It'll only make me feel worse. <coughs> Have you heard of Miss Sars all right? Well, she come in an office downstairs early. But she says six other people at dinner last night is awful sick. And Miss Lane? Oh, excuse me, sir. Yes. Yes, Dr. Mott, sir. Oh, good. Uh, come in, doctor, won't you? Come in. I'll be waiting outside, sir. All right, Ralph. Well, doctor, how are all your patients doing? Just let me take a look at you, sir. Say ah, please. Hmm? Ah. Uh, did you sleep all right, sir? No. Now, the first thing, Mr. President, will you have Miss Sarah cancel all your appointments for the next week or so? Well, no, wait a moment. There's one appointment I can't cancel. The British ambassador this morning. But you're not well enough, the sir. The others can wait, but I've got to see him. I insist on that, Dr. Mont. Now, tell me how the others are. Mr. President, as a result of food poisoning last night, five of the guests have died. Died? Who, Doctor? Mrs. Thompson, Commissioner Randolph and his daughter. Randolph. His daughter. She was only 18, Doctor. Yes, I know. And Judge Benson. Oh, this is a terrible tragedy, Doctor. We'll have to take some sort of action against the hotel and somehow help the families of those people. Doctor, you said... You said five people died. But you mentioned only four names. Just an hour ago, sir, at 7 o'clock, Edward Lane died. 
possible. He hadn't a strong constitution, sir. He was badly run down. Doctor, I... You know, Edward was more like a son to me than... As Harry had been told. She was with us when it happened, Mr. Preston. Well, I've got to get dressed. But you can't get up, Mr. President. You're very ill yourself. I've got to talk to her. Even so, Mr. President. Yes? Oh, oh, Harriet, come come in, won't you? You'll excuse me, Mr. President. I'll look in again in a little while. Yes, thank you, Doctor. Harriet. He was the finest brother a girl ever had. I can't believe it. Tell me, uh, do you want me to send for your Aunt Helen? All the time we were growing up together, whenever I cried, he, he knew how to make me laugh. No matter what went wrong, I, I always knew he'd be... You loved him, too, didn't you? All of us did, Harriet. Uncle, Uncle I'm not going home again. I, I'd feel too far away from him. I've got to stay here if you let me. Uh, Harriet, you've got your own life to live. I, I know how you feel. I feel the same way, but you'll get over this grief and No, time. no, I won't. Oh, Harriet. I, I told Henry I'm going to stay. He didn't understand we had a quarrel. He's gone home and we're not going to be married. But Harriet... You won't make me leave, will you? No, no, of course not. Of course not. Are you all right, Uncle? Oh, I think so. Would you do me a favor? I think Dr. Mount is in the corridor and possibly the British ambassador has come in. Oh, you shouldn't see anyone, Uncle. Well, I have no choice, Harriet. I'll show them in. If you will. Dr. Mott, will you go in, please? Thank you, Miss Lane. Mr. President, the British ambassador, uh, I've explained that this interview must be very short, and I'm going to stay in the room just to make sure. Very well, Dr. Mott. Mr. President, my most sincere condolences for the tragedy of last night uh, and your own illness. Thank you, Mr. Ambassador. I'm still pretty weak, as you can see, but um, do you mind if I come straight to the point? I beg you, sir. Your government is sending warships into the Caribbean and the Gulf of Mexico. Does that squadron have orders to stop and search American merchant ships? London feels very strongly about contraband on the high seas. It hurts our foreign trade. It can hurt yours. We take care of our own problems. We don't stand for other people doing it. No matter what danger it leads us to. Mr. President, that's a threat. Would public opinion here back you up? Now, look here. Mr. President, be careful, please, sir. Oh, all right, Doctor, all right. Now, Mr. Ambassador, let's not mince words. If those ships of yours touch one American vessel, I guarantee you trouble. Is that clear? I'll report this conversation to London, Mr. President. Uh, May I wish you an early return to good health, most sincerely? Thank you, Mr. Ambassador, most sincerely. President, I'm glad to see you back at your desk. Oh, I feel like a stranger, Miss Sarah. Three weeks in bed is a long time. Well, where do we begin? Well, first about the Federal Hotel. The owners closed it. Well, did you visit the families of the people who died? Yes, I offered them all the help the White House could give. They appreciated it very much. I wish there were more we could do. Well, there's still work to be done. Has there been any further news of the British ships in the Gulf? Not a word, Mr. President. You know, the British ambassador scared me that morning. Well, you were very ill. Apart from that. He said he wondered if public opinion would back me up, if there's a clash. Why, of course it would, Mr. President. Well, I don't know. If we have trouble, it'll come fast. Maybe there won't be time to arouse the people. Well, let's be glad nothing's happened yet. Is there anything else? Yes, quite a few things, including a letter from Harriet's aunt asking... 
Good morning, Uncle. Oh, good morning, Harriet. Come in, dear. Good morning, Miss Sarah. Good morning, Harriet. Welcome back to work, Uncle. I'll be outside at my desk, Mr. President. Oh, thank you. Uh, Harriet, I have to write to your Aunt Helen. She wants to know when you're coming home. You don't mind my talking about it now, do you? I'm not going home, Uncle. Uh, unless you make me go. Well, I'd like to explain it all to your aunt, especially since you and Henry Johnson... Uncle, you don't think I'm a fool, do you? No, I know how attached you were to Edward. And it's not as if I'd be a burden on you. Nonsense, nonsense. I like having you here, well, only... I've thought it all over carefully. Truly, I have. Later in the season, I can be a White House hostess. You, you do need someone. Well, you'd be the most beautiful hostess the White House ever had. Then it's all settled? Well, yes, it's all settled. I knew it would be. Oh, did you? <laughs> you know, Harriet, I'm glad to see you smile again. Now, out with you while Miss Sarah and I get on with running the country. <laughs> over two months now, Harriet. Is it still about Edward? I get so lonely. I'm sorry, Uncle. I meant... I know, I know. Harriet, you know I'm happy to have you here, but any time you wish to leave... After all, there's Henry. I haven't heard a word from him. Well, maybe he's waiting to hear from you. I have nothing to say to him. Harriet. Yes? I'm, I'm surprised you've lost all interest in our situation with England. Oh, it... It all seems unimportant. You know, I've been rereading some of Edward's reports. Of course, he wanted this country to join the international agreement. I can't say I agree, not now. You never did, Uncle. Of course, there's a great deal to be said on both sides. Even so, my feeling <laughs> Uncle, is that... Uncle, I can see right through you. Yes, my feeling is that this country will never stand for... Um... You mean I can't get you to argue with me? I don't care about it somehow. But you might. Think about it a little. You'd feel so much better if you had some active interest again. I'll try. Good. Are you feeling better now? Yes, I am. Thank you, Uncle. Well, now try and get some sleep. Huh? I will. Good night. Good night, my dear. Good night. Mr. President, a message from the Navy Department. British war vessels yesterday stopped and searched four American merchant ships in the Caribbean Sea. Miss Sarah, ask the British ambassador to come here as soon as he can. But, Uncle, everybody knows that some ships of every country carry contraband. Why can't all nations together solve it the way England wants us to? That would be ideal, but under different circumstances. I've read 20 books on this subject, and everyone agrees with me. Have you read the books that don't? But your policy can lead to war, Uncle. Harriet, if every nation had the right to stop and search other people's ships, the right would be abused, as the British are abusing it now. That's what may lead to war. Mr. President, the British ambassador... I'll see him in a moment. You'll excuse us, won't you, Harriet? Oh, please don't fight with the ambassador. Oh, uncle. don't worry, don't worry, Miss Sarah. I'll need copies of all the papers that have passed between us and the British Embassy. How do you do, Mr. Ambassador? Miss Lane, how charming you look. I mean it most sincerely. Thank you, sir. What's all that under your arm? Books? 
On freedom of the seas and the international agreement. Oh, oh, you're on our side, are you? Well, not yours alone, Mr. Ambassador. Everybody's. I think wars over a quarrel like this are horrible, like all wars. Well, we might be better off if we had you for an ambassador instead of an old crook like me. <laughs> I'm sure you're much more persuasive. Oh, I try. And uh, with any success? <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to give me time. Mr. Ambassador, will you come in, please? Uh, thank you, Miss Sarah. Uh, Miss Lane, I'll try to give you time. Good luck, Mr. Ambassador. Oh, good afternoon, Mr. Ambassador. Sit down, please, won't you? I'm gratified to see you fully recovered, Mr. President. Thank Most you. Most sincerely. Thank you very much. The last time we talked, I warned you that if British ships touched one American ship, there'd be trouble. Now, yesterday, four American ships were searched. I suppose you have an explanation. Our government is united behind our policy. Oh, so you still think public opinion won't back me up? I only asked the question. Let me ask you one. How soon will you withdraw those ships? Mr. President, I'd like to give you time. Time? What for? In a little more time, you might want to join the international agreement and end the whole question. Well, you've got an entirely wrong idea. I'm not going to ask Congress to change a fixed policy. This country will not tolerate invasion of its rights on the seas. Can you tell me now if London will recall those ships? I haven't that authority, Mr. Then President. you ask for it. And let me have your answer as soon as you receive it from London. It is said that the president is ready to stand firmly on America's policy of complete freedom of, of interference. However, it is also said that he realizes the dangers to peace between England and the United States if this issue is pushed to its conclusion. All right, Miss Sarah, give that to the press. Will you allow them to quote directly from it, Mr. President? No, 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 no. Let them write their own stories based on it. Oh. I want to test public opinion indirectly. I don't dare run the risk I've got to run unless I'm sure the country agrees with me. Well, I'll take care of this at once, Mr. President. At the same time, I'll sign an order for the Secretary of the Navy to keep a squadron of our ships ready to sail to the Gulf of Mexico. We'll hold it here until we know. You know, it was funny about the ambassador. Funny? Yes, he seemed to have the notion I was going to change my mind about this whole thing. It's funny. Well, get that newspaper statement out quickly. Everything depends on that. Messages are beginning to come in. What do they say? So far, all against you. Another batch of messages, Miss Sarah. Thank you, Ralph. Let's hope they improve. Mr. President, the morning papers. Let me see them. They're quite different from the messages. Almost all of them are for you. Uncle, what have you heard from the British ambassador? Nothing yet, Harriet. Nothing at all. All the newspapers seem to want you to do something final. I hope you don't. I want the ambassador to do something final. I wonder why he doesn't. President, the issue is being debated in the House of Representatives and in the Senate. Good. Now we'll really find out where we stand. One more day, Miss Sarah, and we either send that Navy order or we tear it up. Son, I've been working late. Well, you're worried, aren't you? Well, we haven't heard from the British ambassador, that's why. I do hope there'll be no, no trouble, Uncle. Oh, so do I. Well, if only everything wasn't in such a hurry. 
If only there were more time, Mr. we might... President. Yes, Miss Sarah. Come in, come in. Copies of these two resolutions just arrived from the Capitol. Uh, this one's from the House. Mm-hmm. Resolved that the government of the United States take quick action and firm action in defense of its rights. How about the Senate, Miss Sarah? Here it is. Differently worded, but it's also in complete support of you. Well, won't this surprise our friend the ambassador? All right, Miss Sarah, send that over, that order over to the Navy Department... And have the State Department tell the ambassador that our ships will be in the Gulf of Mexico within four days. Yes, Mr. President. Well, I suppose that fellow will come back here to me and protest. Protest, Uncle? Yes, but it's his own fault. I warned him. And instead of answering yes or no, he said nothing. I give a lot to know what made him think he had time. <clears throat> time. <laughs> well, Harriet, a moment ago you said something about time. Uncle, there may be war, is that right? Not if the ambassador had reported what I told him, and evidently he didn't. Somehow he got the idea that there was time. Uncle, I... I'm afraid he got that idea from me. He what? Well, the other day I, I saw him in your anteroom, and we said a few words about this quarrel, of course, and now that I think back, he... he must have believed what I said. What in heaven's name did you say? He seemed to think that I might be persuading you to change your mind to join the international agreement, and I... I said, give me a little time. Well, it sounds as if he did believe you. Harriet, what made you even talk to him? Don't you realize that the smallest thing has a meaning in diplomacy? Here I am trying to avoid a clash and you make a joke of it. You lead him to believe I don't mean what I say. And the result is I've had to spend, uh, send these ships out there. They may fight. Men may be killed. Two nations may go to but, war. Uncle, it was only a few words. It couldn't, it couldn't be so serious. Wars have started over less, Harriet. It's all my fault that you got so interested in this question. But you've gone too far. This is the White House in our home. But I'm the president. You're not my secretary of state. What on earth made you talk to him? It was dangerous and stupid. Uncle, it, it wasn't on purpose. What difference does that make? It's a fine mess I've got to straighten out here. Miss Sarah. Yes, Mr. President. Get hold of the British, British ambassador. No matter what he's doing, where he is, get him over here. Yes, Mr. President. I've got to clear up some misunderstanding that Harry and I don't... I can't... Where is she? Well, she just left the room crying. Crying? Well, I should hope so. Oh, now I've put my foot in it. I beg your pardon? Well, I lost my temper, and I suppose I've spoiled everything we've been trying to do for her. Oh. And now I've got to do two jobs and do them quick. <laughs> Miss Harris, won't you open the door? I got a tray of lunch for you. The president sent it up. Please, Miss Harriet. Harriet, the president's really worried. You've been locked in there all afternoon. Please, Harriet. Harriet, Harriet, you haven't eaten all day, and it's almost dinner time. Please come downstairs. I've got a surprise for you. Uncle, I, I was only getting up my courage to, to tell you I'm truly sorry and that I see I made a fool of myself and that I'm going home. No, 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 Harriet. I've got to apologize to you. I know you didn't mean any harm. It, 
Could have happened to anybody. No, Uncle. It was all my fault, and you were right to lose your temper. Really, Harriet, a man should never lose his temper, and I'm sorry. Well, you have nothing to be sorry for. I'm sorry. Harriet, please. There was no excuse but for Uncle, me to go Uncle, you had like every this. right. I'm a burden and a nuisance. You're nothing I... of the kind. I'm happy to have you here, and I'm sorry for what I don't happened. want you to be sorry, Uncle. I... Now, Harriet, listen. I... I... Oh, Harriet, listen to us. Listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll let me be sorry. Yes, all right. I'll try to be sorry. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> you, you, uh, you said you had a surprise for me. Mm-hmm. What is it? Oh, oh, I was forgetting. You see that door to the next room? Well, uh, go in there, would you please? What's in that room, Uncle? You'll see. Well, I don't always like surprises. Well, you go right ahead in there. Henry! Harriet, darling. Uh, Mr. President, excuse me, sir. Shh, quiet, Ralph. Oh, sorry, sir. What's the matter, sir? Well, Miss Harriet, Mr. Henry Johnson, sir. They're in there. Oh, I see. But, sir, dinner's ready to serve. Good hot roast beef. Will it, uh, will it get cold if we wait? Wait, sir? How long? Mr. President, we just had word from the British. That... Shh, quiet, Miss oh, What's the matter? Miss Harriet and Mr. Johnson's in there. Oh, well, Mr. President, I wanted to say the British ambassador says their ships are being withdrawn. Oh, oh, that's good. That's good. Now, listen, listen. I don't hear anything, sir. I don't hear anything either, Mr. Well, President. that's just the point. <laughs> All right, Ralph. You can serve that roast beef now. <laughs> You're sure that everything is settled? Most sincerely, Miss Sir. Most sincerely. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been able to guess which president this story happened to? The time was 1857, and the president then was James Buchanan. Incidentally, the only bachelor president that we ever had. This quarrel with Great Britain over the doctrine of freedom of the seas was settled without real trouble. And his niece, Harriet Lane, after remaining at the White House as its beautiful hostess, finally did marry Henry Elliot Johnson at Mr. Buchanan's own home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. appears as Mr. President by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of Song of Love, starring Catherine Hepburn, Paul Henreid, and Robert Walker. <laughs> Mr. President is presented each week by the American Broadcasting Company. It is produced by Robert G. Jennings, directed by Dwight Hauser. Miss Sarah was played by Betty Lou Gerson. Tonight's story by Paul R. Milton was suggested by incidents in the administration of President James Buchanan. Music was composed and conducted by Basil Adler.
if you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about The Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.